Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's around the house. You know, you think about it. In my house, I notice it with Julia Locke because she's very kind of temperature sensitive. That thermostat can sit there and say 70 degrees, for instance, inside the house. And she'll go, man, it is cold in here. And that's when I have low humidity in the house. Or I'll have higher humidity in the house. And maybe it's at like 50% versus 40. And she'll go, man, it's warm in here. It's sticky. Your body feels humidity at the same style and rate as it does temperature. So higher the humidity, though, the warmer it feels. And you want to be able to control that because if you can control it, you're also reducing that chance of mold like we've talked about before. Yeah, that's two types of heat, sensible heat and latent heat. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B, your source of all your home improvement information every single week. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Caroline, how are you? Hey, friends. What's shaking, bacon? Ah, we got so much to talk about today. I wanted to start out here with one of the biggest scams that I have seen on Facebook Marketplace, and I'm going to call it out right here. I completely believe in duct cleaning, but there are some serious scams on Facebook that I'm seeing now with people on there going, hey, we'll do all your duct cleaning for $100 plus so much per room or whatever, and you can tell it's going to be a hot mess with somebody in a shop vac. Oh, that, that's been going around, you know, in those coupon books, you ever, or you get the coupon in the mail and it oh. says duct cleaning, $99.99. No. <laughs> It's so bad. Let's let's dial it back and kind of start talking about, Carolyn, why do you even want to do duct cleaning? Well, duct cleaning done properly is the best. It literally needs to be done, I'd say, every three to five years, depending on your traffic. And then if you're doing remodeling or construction, and there's a lot of reasons why you have to do it. So let's just talk pets. Let's talk dander, silica dust from construction. If you're doing a lot of drywall, spackle. This stuff gets into the ducts and it just stays there. And you know this. It just piles up. And you think because you turn on the system, it would blow it out. But it doesn't. You know, it's funny. um, When I put my new heating and cooling system in almost a year ago, when we first turned it on, it had so much power and was so efficient. And I hadn't done duct cleaning on this yet. Mm -hmm. We tested it on high. Boom! I had more crap coming out. <laughs> I had to clean every single room with the duct because it literally, I I could have went around and filled up two five-gallon buckets were the stuff that I swept off the ground that came out of the ducting there. Yeah, if they've never been done, let me tell you, let's just talk about some of the things I found in ducts. Chicken bones, old Big Macs. Oh, bats, bats, right? Bats are disgusting. 
<laughs> but I mean, people, I mean, old nails. Lumber building materials is the most common. Lumber. I mean, people will just throw sand. I mean, it sounds sad, but these workers will literally throw their garbage from their last meal when they're working on your roof or wherever they happen to be. They'll throw it down into your ducks. Like why? I don't know. Well, here's what I've seen happen. You know, I've seen this on more than one job site. Before the drywallers come in, maybe the, everything's roughed in, right? The drywallers are coming in. The insulation guys are done. And I've seen, I've walked in and seen a guy with a dust mask on and a leaf blower. And they're blowing everything out, right, before they come in because the windows are, are uh, windows and doors are open and they're literally cleaning it out before people come in and start installing new stuff. And, oh, my gosh, everything just falls down. It's the hole. It's the cavern in the middle of the floor. So everything just ends up catching there. Oh, my God. So you need to have it done. You need to have it done. Here's one observation, Caroline, that I noticed, too. It seems that when you have an air return that's in the floor, like in older homes, Mm -hmm. it's much more likely to get junk down in there from pets and everything else than it is if it's in the ceiling over your head. Yeah, I agree with that. Though the ceiling ones just up in the attic spaces get just as disgusting. So I don't know. I mean, common sense would tell you I would agree with that. It's it's just brutal. I've seen people that have, and again, I haven't been falling around duct cleaners probably like you have, but I've seen when you pop, I've popped off vents to see if an old house has hardwood or floors underneath the carpet before. That's one of my secrets. And I'll pop it up, look down there and go, oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> looks like a trash bin, you know? And the problem is, is, is everybody knows is you're breathing whatever's in the trash bin. Cause every little molecule of air is going over the top of that. Every job I work on, I was going to say that, um, I always have a duck cleaner come in and there's only one duck cleaner in the state of New Jersey, maybe two in the tri-state area that I'll even recommend. So that's how hard it is to find an actual good duck cleaning company. And the key to this is you want them to put a camera inside your ducts first. And what does that do? They want to look through the duct work. They want to make sure that the integrity of the ducts are good. And then they want to make sure. Things are connected. Yes. I mean, tell them some of the nightmares that can happen with your duct work. I mean, you think the system's working and there's like a plethora of stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, and there's ways to get around that. But I mean, I've seen. So how many times do you see? And you and I have talked about this a bunch of times. You know, my my crawl space had a problem because there was a piece of flex duct that went across that enough people had crawled across it that it was now a very <laughs> flat oval flex duct. <laughs> I see that all the, in new construction. I see that like they'll shove the piece oh, yeah. of flex, which what maybe it's six eight inches, and instead they can't get it yep. through a little hole that needs to go to the other side of the house, so they smash it down into like the size of a two inches, and no airflow can get through it. It's insane. <sighs> yeah, it's crazy, and and. You know, my limitations in my house is I've got some ducks that go between the first and the second floor. So that's the limitation there. The last thing you want is something that is going to, I mean, I'll be honest, if that's your house, I always recommend open the wall up, open the floor up, do what you got to do to get that done correctly so that you get that full airflow into the space because that's what the system was designed around. Yeah. What's so good about them putting a camera in your system is it's an easy way to access all these little nooks and crannies that you can't see in your, in the walls, right? With your ducts. And you also want to make sure that, you know, sometimes they want to use building products as your duck. They'll do it as a a cheap way to maintain a, a return and you'll have OSB or some kind of building material, maybe MDF as part of your duct work 
that they use as a fill-in, right? So instead of having it be all yep. galvanized metal or stainless steel, they'll have this cheap way of doing it. And that's not good because all that stuff, you know, all your VOCs and chemicals that come off that wood end up in your airspace. So this camera allows you to see everything. That's the first thing. It's like a colonoscopy. It's your colonoscopy for your house <laughs> to get There you go. Funky. There you go. And so there's two things I like to have, you know, when I have, I like to have, you know, that good duct cleaning company come in there. But my perfect world is when that duct cleaning is also an HVAC company. Do they do that? See here, it's really hard to find an HVAC company that does a good job duct cleaning. They're pretty separate. Here, the company I work with, uh, Pyramid Heating and Cooling, they do both. Oh, are they NADCA certified? So I love that. Are they? Yes. I believe they are NADCA certified now. You guys, so. NADCA, make sure you get NADCA certified duct cleaning. Go on and you can have their find a professional on the website. That's huge. And that's huge. And I got into a pretty big dust up probably a couple of weeks ago with uh, one of the home improvement groups where somebody was, you know, somebody was showing about talking about the scams that you see out there in Oregon here where I'm at. We had a huge expose where the state went after a whole bunch of them and shut them down because here you have to at least have a state license like a contractor. Good. And so they want you to be licensed through the state here. And all these guys are not. And I say all these guys is all the ones that are illegal, right? So that's the stuff you got to worry about. Well, coming up here in the next segment, Caroline, let's talk a little bit about, you know, there's guys that come in with, with shop facts. There's guys that come in with the big trucks. When we come back, I really want to talk about kind of the, the ultimate of coming in and cleaning of what you've seen out there. Because I think it's a big deal to get people educated on what to look for so they don't get that scam, right? Absolutely. All right, we'll do that here just as soon as Around the House returns. the around the house show we've been talking duck cleaning today before we dive back into that want to just give out our information if you want to get a hold of us you can go over to aroundthehouseonline.com and of course you can catch us on social media which would be on facebook which is around the house show and of course our closed group which is around the house nation where you can share up those projects and pictures and of course caroline and i are both on instagram twitter linkedin just about everywhere right we are come find us you got it. Well, Caroline, we've been talking about, you know, duck cleaning and, you know, we were talking in the last segment about being so careful about hiring the right company, but you were talking about running a camera down there, but when they clean it out, you want them to run that brush and stuff down through there, right? With the vacuum to get all that scum that's hanging on the side of the duct, right? Exactly. So at first they'll run the camera, they'll take a look, see what you got so they could find your chicken sandwiches and your Burger King and bats and everything <laughs> else that's been thrown down there. And then they'll go through. And if you have a legitimate duct cleaning company, they won't charge you. If they come out and they actually see your ducts are clean, they're going to just say, hey, we just put a camera and we're out. So that's how you know they're yeah. good. Not everybody needs a duct cleaning. I mean, sometimes it's okay. But um, yeah, so then they're going to stick all kinds of tools down there. They, I call it a whip. 
and they whip the sides of the ductwork. And this is key because mm-hmm. if you don't, believe it or not, the silica dust will just sort of stay in there. And I've watched the process of them put on it on the vacuum itself and what they get out. And then when they start whipping these little whips back and forth, the debris that just comes off of that, it's like sort of like caked on, if you will. Crazy. One thing I've noticed, and this is where this is a big deal. If you have people that do big stovetop cooking, and now I want to I want to say this carefully because I, it's a cultural thing sometimes. Mm-hmm. You could be very big into Asian cooking with woks and things like that and using a standard vent hood. I have seen homes that are very stovetop wok-oriented cooking that – in the ducts that are near the, you know, around that area. So maybe there's an air return there locally on that. I have seen where that if you didn't have the right hood in there, that you will get this buildup on the inside, like a commercial, almost like the inside of your range hood, because it's overwhelmed that. And then when the heating and the cooling comes on, that gets really bad up in there. And it's just because you don't have a screen on the front of that, yeah, on the front of that uh, intake, you know, on the return side, and you can have some really brutally nasty duct cleaning that even that whip won't get all of it out of there. I've seen guys have to get up there and use, you know, they'll take the thing down. They've gone up in there and they've had to use degreasers to get it to off. get that out of there because it's almost like a kitchen hood, like you would see uh, in a commercial restaurant. Yeah, that's really common. They should, when they come out, they should take remove all of your vent covers. All of those should be cleaned and they should actually inspect up into each of those vents. And a good duct cleaning company will do that. And they usually, you yeah. know, you can supply your own cleaning products. I always do when they do my home, but you can, you know, they do have cleaning products that they use and they're going to wipe all that down. So that, and that's why you put the camera in there. They'll go through all that and see what's caked up in there. That's nasty. Grease. And you'll be surprised what gets missed from openings or ducts that never were sealed correctly to all that stuff. It's brutal mm-hmm. what you can find. It's that you, you were correct in saying that's the colonoscopy of the house. <laughs> it is. I laugh, but it, it truly is. And you find all kinds of stuff up there. So it needs to be done. If you've never done it, it definitely needs to be done. And if you have the more traffic you have in the house, the more occupants, the more humans, the more pets, you got to do it more frequently. And your system's going to run better too. So- while they're out there, I want you to also have them check your dryer duct and get that cleaned up. Oh, definitely. Usually they're ready for that. And then if they are capable of doing it, have them take a look at your bathroom fans and range hood as well to make sure that that's in good working order. Sometimes some companies will deal with it. Some won't. But I would do all of that and make sure that you can get as much as you can with that. And make sure they're coming with... A, a, what I like to see is a truck that does about 10,000 to 15,000 CFM of air. They, these, they are not using traditional shop vacs. And even Eric, you can talk oh. about, they use a, they're, even if they do do a portable system, he's got one where they can do 5,000 CFM. So it's got to have a lot of power. Yeah. There's, there's these models that are there. They look like it's almost like a, a three foot by four foot box that they come in with and it's on wheels and it's a 5,000 CFM portable unit. Those can work really well because the fact you're now moving the vacuum right in right next to where you're using it, where sometimes with a truck, you can only get it out to the driveway and then you've got to run, you know, 60 feet of tube to get inside. Mm -hmm. 
this is the good part with the portable ones is you can get in there, but this looks nothing like a shop vac or something like this. This is a purely made system where it has the vacuum side, which is the big, you know, like 10 inch, 12 inch duct. And then it also has the whip and the camera and stuff on the other side. So that way you've got that for, for doing it. And they have two du- dual plugs. So you can plug them into two different circuits in the house because they pull so much electricity. But uh, yeah, the big trucks are awesome, but these are good also if you can't get that truck in there. Yeah. And just remember, if somebody shows up with a shop back or they show up with just a little van or a truck, pickup truck, that's not your guy or girl. Yeah, that can be tough. Nadka. You know, the, the, Nadka.com. I've had the portable <laughs> ones work from a Nadka company, but uh, yeah, the, the truck are my favorite. But there are times, especially around here, we have times where you can't, way the driveway's configured and you got a yeah, long walkway to the sense. door, that it's hard to get into that. You know what I mean? I could see where that would be helpful. The portable one might be used. Yeah. So something to keep in mind. Oh. But that's the key right there. Are we Go going ahead. out to break? Because we, you can also clean mini splits. So if you don't have a centralized HVAC system and you have mini splits, those can also be clean. So that would go on the list as well. Let's talk about that for a second because we've got about a minute and a half before we go out to break here. So mini splits, if you don't know what one of those are, they are your heat pump, you know, conditioners. But what they are is they just have that almost like a, a small hotel unit mm-hmm. where they've got a, you know, they're up high usually on the wall someplace and they are what's heating and cooling your home. There's a lot of cleaning in those too. I mean, they're not big, but you do need to get in there and clean those because those will get nasty. And the higher the SEER rating, so they started to make them more energy efficient and then they became very prone to mold growth. So you have to watch them. So now they're doing a better job of having a fan that goes on after the unit shuts off to cool off and and basically evaporate all that water that, you know, can condensate in there, but still they need to be clean. So duct cleaning company can do that as well. That is wild. That is wild. So something to keep in mind with, you're going to have to really be able to watch that because I tell you what, my, uh, mother-in-law had a problem here at her place in her old house where that was mounted on an interior wall. And so the drain came down and went into the hole in the side of the sink drain. It was this horrible thing. And uh, she was getting problems because the condensate drain would of course back up. And so the, the amount of mold that was happening in there was absolutely crazy. Hey, when we come back here, Carolyn, let's dive into air conditioning because around the corner, we're going to know how, I mean, we're going to get hit with the heat, Mm -hmm. and guess what? We want to make sure that that system's running correctly, and of course, saving you money while you do it. We'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns. Hey guys, you're listening to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. I'm Zeke Sky, and I'm going to show you how to shred it out while you're building it up. Welcome back to the Around the House show. And Caroline and I have been talking here about duct cleaning. Now we want to talk about air conditioning because in some places of the country, you're already using it. And in other areas, you're wishing you're using it right now, right, Caroline? Yeah. And duct cleaning transitions right into HVAC because 
the duct cleaning can stick a camera down. We were talking about if the right duct cleaner comes out, they'll put a camera in your system and they can look right at your coil in your HVAC to see if you've got mold growing in there, which is a huge problem with air conditioning and why it needs to be serviced. Mold on the coil. Oh, no question. No question. Now, first off, rule number one that I have for air conditioning is you should have somebody coming over to your central heating and cooling system and inspecting that every spring before you get into summertime and making sure it is dialed in and working correctly. And if you live in a climate where you have air conditioning running all year, maybe twice a year. Yeah. Or maybe even three quarters of the year, you need to be serviced twice, at least, at least. Yeah. If you're Southern States, you're Florida, Georgia, California, Arizona, New Mexico, twice a year, get on that service plan. It will save you money in the long run. Big time money. Like you don't understand if this goes bad, these are water sources and they will, if running all the time in humid conditions, condense and then mold growth happens and you can get mold within your ducts and your flex duct. A lot of the newer systems are all made with flex duct and I'm sorry, they just don't hold up well. I am a hard duct type of HVAC girl. I want you to have hard ducting, but they don't do it because they can't fit these hard ducts in all the time. It's so much easier to put in a flex line. Just run it. Yep. No question. And one of the things too, and we'll talk about this in a future episode, but I still want to bring it up uh, just because it's something you've got to do. If you're in one of these Southern states that have a humidity issue like Florida, you better be having a dehumidifier in your system there because that expense of the dehumidifier will pay for itself because you can double the lifespan of your air conditioning if you're controlling humidity outside of letting the air conditioner try to do that for you. And also, Eric, to Eric's point, the air conditionings, the air conditioners now are sized much bigger. And so when they put them in, they're not going to run as long. And so that means that humidity isn't coming out of your air. So the, the benefit of having air conditioning is that as the air conditioning runs, it takes all that sticky, nasty feeling out of the air which is important to maintaining the integrity of your house and not getting mold. But these newer systems will kick on and within 15 minutes, 10 minutes, they're off and you've reached your temperature. But that doesn't mean it's removed the humidity. Yeah, it's it's a big deal because what can happen is, is that, you know, you think about it in my house, I notice it with Julie a lot because she's very kind of temperature sensitive. That thermostat can sit there and say 70 degrees, for instance, inside the house. And she'll go, man, it is cold in here. And that's when I have low humidity in the house or I'll have higher humidity in the house. And maybe it's at like 50% versus 40. And she'll go, man, it's warm in here. It's sticky. Your body feels humidity at the same style and rate as it does temperature. So higher the humidity, the, the warmer it feels. And you want to be able to control that because if you can control it, you're also reducing that chance of mold like we've talked about before. Yeah, that's two types of heat, sensible heat and latent heat. Those are two different, both happen, but you feel them differently. Crazy. Exactly. It's crazy. So really making sure that they come out, they'll, they'll test everything in the system. They'll make sure that your outside, you know, condenser, and you know, that outside box that you have for mm -hmm. your heat pump or your air conditioner, they'll go out and make sure that that's operating correctly that the starter motor is starting up on it fine because sometimes you'll you'll lose parts out there that are very simple, very inexpensive part 
but the motor won't start up correctly. You know, I've got a direct drive, uh, you know, induction type motor out there that starts up on mine. That's really good. But a lot of the older ones, they had to have these starting capacitors on the, on the motor to get it going. And those capacitors fail. And so that's what happens when you go to turn on your, your uh, AC on in the springtime. And you're like, it's not going. You walk outside and you hear that thing going, <laughs> making that noise. Oops, you blew a capacitor. But they're going to test that stuff. And, and, and it will tell you that they're kind of getting ready to go. So it's one of those things that you can really sit there and predict what's going to happen and how much life you still have left in that system. And a little bit of maintenance goes a long ways. And they also do the Freon. They'll, if your Freon's low, sometimes you don't feel the cold, right? You'll turn it on and you're getting not so refreshed. Yeah. It, it's having to work so much harder, you know, because it doesn't have the, the right coolant in the system there. So, and there's lots of different kinds. And so this is not a DIY project. Do not go no, out there no, no, and no. try adding your own or taking it out or doing it. Just, Just call let them. that be the professional thing. Yeah. You don't need to be exposed to Freon. Well, the, the new stuff, I mean, you got to be careful with it. There's lots of different types out there, depending on how old the system is. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, you can overpressurize that system and do more damage than good. So you just got to be very careful with it. That's not a DIY thing. Have them come out, take it all, get it all dialed in, and you're going to be good to go. And what I do like is is that, um, like you were talking about earlier, they'll take a look and make sure that everything's clean inside the unit and make sure that that's working correctly and uh, make sure you don't have mold buildup and stuff because that can be nasty. And I'm going to tell you something. This is a trick. For every HVAC company that I've worked with in 25 years, believe it or not, even though they come out and mechanically look at your unit, very rarely do they check it for mold. And I know that sounds crazy and it seems like, what? They're in there. They're looking at your coil. They, For some reason, HVAC companies are so focused on mechanical that they don't see the mold as a problem. Now, some do, but majority, I would say 70% don't. So that's why that duct cleaning is important because it puts that camera in there and your duct cleaning company will say, hey, you got mold growing on the coil. You need a UV light or something blowing, you know, to, to deter that mold growth from coming and get it cleaned out. Or you need a new system. Sometimes it's that bad. Yeah. That can be bad. Now, I do have one little summer trick that mm. I absolutely love. And this is pretty cool. And we're going to talk about them when we come back because I've got Aww. some tricks for heating and cooling systems. Yeah, I'm going to tease ahead. A little stinker. But there's some tricks that, <laughs> well, you know, think about it. Last year uh, here in Portland, Oregon, you know, usually, I mean, we have 40, 45% of our people here in our metro area don't have air conditioning. Yeah, I know. Because we've been such a cool climate. But, you know, as things change Changing. here and people are more used to having air conditioning, and we have people that move in from California and everything else that are like, I'm used to my house being dialed into the degree. Yep. And so what's happened is, is that we're seeing more and more people put in, you know, air conditioners and things like that. But there's some tricks too. Like we had that 117 degree heat in Portland here last year, which blew out every record that we had. and. I had a couple little tricks that I used because you, you know your heating and cooling system is only designed to really that cooling is designed to bring down the temperature about 30 degrees inside your house, mm-hmm. which is usually plenty. But if you're 117 degrees, <laughs> 30 degrees is not where I want it personally. Yep. 
And so I found a couple little tricks that I have that have been approved by my heating and cooling friends that'll help keep that cool. Now, nice. before we got to break, the other little trick that I want to see you do is make sure that you've got all the shrubs, bushes, lawn, any of that stuff away from that outside unit. Don't have a like a decorative cover. The more airflow you can get around that outside unit outside where the compressor is, the better off you're going to be because that's going to actually keep that so you get more airflow. I've had people build wood covers around them, and guess no, what? No, no, no. You're going to burn it up, and it's going to work twice as hard to get there. Before we head out, hey, let's uh, make sure everybody knows how to get a hold of us. You can find us over Around the House Show or Around the House Nation, our closed group on Facebook, as well as all social media platforms. So if you want to get a hold of us there, you can do that as well as AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Now, when we come back here, we're going to talk about my secrets for keeping your house cool with air conditioning. And we'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns. Hi everybody, I'm Ari Kameen from Steven Adler's band and you are listening to Around the House with Eric G and the beautiful Caroline. Welcome back to the Around the House show where today we're talking duct cleaning and air conditioning and making sure that you are all ready for summertime. Now, Caroline, since we teased it right before, let's talk about some of my tips and tricks to get the most out of that air conditioning, especially when you hit that summertime. You'll see in the news, there's that day that, uh, well, today's going to be record-breaking heat, right? And you're like, oh, man, it's going to be brutal out there. Mm. Here's my secret. So air on an outdoor air conditioning unit, that compressor out there, air transmits heat okay, right? What does better than that? Moisture and water. Mm. So what I did is I went down, I've got one of the Lowe's misters, you know, like you put on the end of a hose and they're like for cooling you down. Yeah. So what I do is I put mm -hmm. it right in front of the main biggest portion that I can of the, of the fins on that outdoor air unit. And I put that so the mister spraying toward it and I'm misting the water on Hmm. the fins of the outdoor air unit. And it's just that mist. You can get about an extra 10 degrees of cooling out of that. Really? So on the outside, Correct. almost like you're making it like it's raining. So I'm just giving a it a mist. Now, a couple things. Really? If you've got hard water, if you've got a water issue, I don't recommend this. Because if that's not conditioned water, you can start to get buildup. If you do this a lot, as that hits the warm fins, you're going to, put that moisture out as humidity, but now you can get buildup from that. So be careful if you've got water that's really hard or stuff. Mm. I would not recommend this. At my house, I've got really good water, so I'm not getting any buildup on it. By getting that mist over there, that mist is really helping cool the unit down, and it makes it that much more efficient because it's using water to cool versus just the air contact. Interesting. And you're, and you're doing this. I mean, look, 
nobody's going to be out there every day of the week. So it's when it's really, really hot and you've got to, you know, you're barely cutting it with your air conditioning unit. I noticed when we had that 117 degree heat, I did it the day before and the day after and that day, it helped by dropping that temperature inside my house by another 10 degrees. That's amazing. And how long are you out there for? Like, how long are you doing that? I, well, the nice thing is, is it's just using a little bit of water. So I hooked the hose up, turned it on, and it's just misting. You know, like when you go to a misting tent at a concert or something like that? Yeah. And it's just got that little bit of mist. Do you leave it on it's out there the, the whole time? doing the same thing to those warm coils. No, it's, it, it, I'm leaving it on during the day. Mm, yep. Okay. From 8 a.m. to, you know, 8 p.m. And it's just out there cooling and misting. Works really well. Just a blue, and it's and you just hooks the hose in the bottom, and you can kind of adjust it. It's got an adjustable arm to it, and it just sits on the ground. It's perfect for that. Wow, neato. Because Eric was yeah. telling me he's got a so lot of computers in his outside compressor. He's got the mastermind of like computer technology. Yeah, I've there. got the Carrier Infinity system, and it is, um, gosh, it's probably got two hundred speeds on the variable speed. <laughs> It really adjusts that. I, I, it tells me what the temperature is outside. It really tells me what's going on with that, all on my thermostat. So it's a very smart system, and it works really well. And that's just on an air conditioner. It's not a heat pump. That's just a, a, a regular air conditioner out there. And it works really well, but it's also yeah. very sealed up in that cool. area as well. Yeah, so that's one of my little tricks there. Now, we were talking about, you know, window units in those portable units, and those can really have some health issues if you're not maintaining those units, right? Yeah. And so not everybody has HVAC. Some people have baseboard heating and that leaves you with a window unit or even an, an in-wall unit. Um, and they, these have to be serviced. So you want to talk a little bit about, let's talk about the in-wall units and how you have to service them first. And then I'll talk about what happens if you don't service them. Yeah. So the window or wall units, the ones where you push them through an opening, maybe it's in the window, maybe it's in the wall, and then you turn around and... Uh, plug it into the outlet, right? Yep. And you, and you, some of these, like if it's an in-wall unit, it'll have a cage system, right? So it's got your casing on the outside and then the, you just come from the inside and you put the unit in, but back in there, Correct. you can get a lot of debris and all kinds of stuff. I mean, you get leaves, you get bugs. It is worth it to pull that out every once in a while and just clean it out in there. I have to do it. I've got a Friedrich. Um, it's a, I have an all-in-one, which is a heater, a heater and then also an HVAC or an uh, air conditioning in one part of my house that doesn't have conditioning. So you've got to get in there and clean all that out because it gets funky. So what happens though on the inside of some of those units, the newer ones, you have styrofoam and a bunch of different stuff on the inside. What's the best way to deal with some of that? Yeah, the Friedrichs um, typically are like all metal. That's why I go with them because they've got a heat component, right? So they don't want to burn up everything. And that's why I actually go with the heater later. But when you're doing the portable unit in the window, that has mm-hmm. a styrofoam interior now. And when you get any kind of moisture condensing in there, there's a wheel in the back, it gets all moldy. And unfortunately, these units aren't like you can get 10 years out of them anymore. You're lucky if you get two or three without this buildup. So you've got to take the grill off the front, look inside. I use a little hydrogen peroxide, spray it out, get in there. It's really hard to clean because you can't get down in that wheel. So you have to kind mm-hmm. of put your finger in there in a Q-tip, but you got to clean these out because they get disgusting. Disgusting with mold. Yeah. And also make sure, get out your level, make sure that those things are installed mm, correctly, pitched. that they're draining towards the back, that pitch. 
Because what happens is, is sometimes you get those things, and this is where I see the, it, and it mostly happens in the in-wall ones, because I'll see people install them. So the, the opening will go through there. And somebody, it just seems like it's just that installer that didn't know what they're doing. They're in there with like drywall screws going through the metal oh. and they're creating <laughs> holes in places you don't want to go. And then when the water gets in there in the high humidity days and the water's collecting the pan, it goes, hey, you made a cool little drain hole for me right here. And it's going down through the wall. A hundred percent. You need to really install those well. And you got to make sure it's pitched to the back. And they tell you in the instructions, follow the instructions. It's going to tell you exactly what to do. Or if you have any questions, call the manufacturer. But yeah, I've seen so many wall rot underneath or sometimes they're up in the ceiling and they're just bad. Oh, it just gets bad. Now there's the, my favorite ones for the temporary one is the portable ones that have like, they look like the roll around suitcase and then they have the hose that goes up to the window or the opening. We're going to have to talk about this because I want one for my office and I'm thinking, how well can this thing work? Does it work well? They crank better than the in-wall ones in my opinion. Really? I love them. I had them in my house here before we did it. And they work great in areas where like, there's a lot of apartments and condos that you can't put a window unit in that they say, no, we want this place to look pretty. And you Mm -hmm. can't have all these things in there. And so you have to use one of those to meet those restrictions. And so they work well, but man, they crank. And what I like about those is that they usually have how they designed is they're designed so you don't have to worry about the water so much. When they exhaust out that hot air, mm-hmm. it's going across the water tank. So it's actually blowing that hot, moist air out through there. So you don't have to ever worry about the water draining. So it's kicking it outside as humidity. Wow. So you do have to put that to the outside. So how do you, you exhaust that through a window or what do you do to get? Yeah, behind? they have a little thing, but you're only taking up like two or three inches. Hmm. Um, what I did is I had an area that I couldn't do it and I knew I was going to be doing some remodel work in there. I actually put a large, uh, vent fan duct through there. Like, so for like a downdraft vent, yeah, I put that through the outside and then I just hooked it up into that and then closed it off when I wasn't using it. Hmm. And I just cut the hole in the side of the building. And See, then when good. I was done and I put the AC and I patched it up. Because I always worry about mosquitoes because I live in mosquito country. So like, you don't, you yeah. know, anything that's slightly open that doesn't fit securely, you're getting mosquitoes and bugs. And that happens with window units too. So I yeah. want something that, kind of, that's a better idea. You could shut it. Yeah. So, and, and the cool thing is, is you're not taking up the whole window. Sometimes you want to look out that window and you yeah. put the window unit in there and you're like blowing up that whole space and the window's half open and maybe it's a security issue or whatever. Right. With this, you're only taking up like four inches of window space. Hmm. And so versus, you know, 24 inches of window space. So it works out pretty good. That's good to know those work. Um, yeah, I, they crank. I, 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 that's one of my favorite ways to go. So those work really well. And of course, you got to keep them clean like everything else. Make sure the filters are good. They even have ones now that have a separate one that are balance systems where they have two ducts. So you've got a tube that comes in from incoming air from the outside hmm. and then exhausts it back out. So you're not creating anything in a tight house, you're not creating a problem where you're pushing out, you know, like a dryer, so much CFM outside the house. I learned something new every day. You're amazing. See, there you go. And those, that's one of my favorite ways because they're just less intrusive within the house and then you're good to go. But one more thing, guys, do not make sure you're not running these on an, on a uh, extension cord. I see oh, so yeah. many people doing that. I hear the music in the background, Caroline. I'm Eric G. 
And I'm Caroline B. And you've been listening to Around Around the the House. House. Hey, it's Eric G. from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand-molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.